Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in New Orleans, Louisiana today with my new friend, Andrew Kerr of FiByREI.com. Dan moved to New Orleans with his family for work, and they love how this 300-year-old city offers incredible architecture, amazing food, and awesome music. In this episode, Andrew shares the secrets for cutting the line at Café du Monde, why the ghost tours are so scary, and how to take a tour of the city for only $1.25. You hear these three fun stories and so much more in this interview. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash New Orleans. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey, Andrew, welcome to the show, bud. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm excited to talk with you here today. You know, as a kid, I flew into New Orleans all the time uh, to go visit family over Mississippi, but didn't really get a chance to have all the fun that we now can have as adults, you know? And so I'm really excited to hear all about New Orleans and all the fun tips that you have to share. Yeah, thank you. It's definitely a fun place to live. Sure. So what brought you to the city? Several years ago, I had the opportunity for a job to live in this stretch of the Midwest, which included in that territory, New Orleans. I'm a real estate investor. I wanted to start investing in a different city. We just love New Orleans. So this sort of multiple different things all came together where we just had this opportunity. And before my wife and I met, we had gone to New Orleans. We started going to New Orleans together for fun to volunteer. And when it came about, we said, yes, we got to go there. And we ended up moving. I know it's a fun town you know, for visitors to come there, but I think that there's a, a strong community there as well. Yeah, it's a really cool town. You know, in some parts, there's old, old New Orleanians who've been here forever. And then you've got this whole new wave of new New Orleanians, of folks that have moved here after Katrina that are really making it their home. And there's a great sense of community here as well. Fantastic. So what's one of the things that's really kind of kept you there? It's just this unique city. I mean, there's really no place like it in the U.S. You know, when we moved here, my friend sent us this refrigerator magnet. It said, there's New York, there's San Francisco, and there's New Orleans in the middle. Everywhere else is Cleveland. And that's sort of, no <laughs> offense to anyone that loves Cleveland, but it sort of sums it up. You know, the only really cities that are like it are maybe a Charleston or a Savannah. You know, you could sort of say Boston, but it's this, to me, this right-sized city where you have a downtown it's 300 years old. You have all this culture. You have music. You have amazing food. I think in New Orleans, there's something like 1,400 restaurants, wow. which rivals per GDP of Manhattan. So when you sort of look at it at that scale, and then there's something like 130 festivals per year in the city of New Orleans, which just blows my mind. I mean, if somebody says they're in New Orleans and they're bored, there's seriously something wrong with them. <laughs> yeah, with so many festivals, literally like that's one every three days. Yes. One of the taglines for like the culture tourism board is like, we've got a festival on average every three days. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so when people are planning to come to New Orleans, what time of year should they plan on visiting? Yeah, I think a better way to say that is when not to come. So okay. I would sort of say, 
July, August, and September. You know, 4th of July can be fun in the city, but that sort of three-month stretch is the middle of the summer. It's when it's hot. It's muggy. A lot of folks in this city will use that as a chance to take their vacation and leave the city. The rest of the year is wonderful. Spring and fall is beautiful weather, really mild winters. So you sort of have this nice nine-month stretch of the year when it's a great time to come. Right on. Yeah, I remember uh, I grew up in California, and whenever we'd fly into New Orleans, I remember one time it was like 8 o'clock at night. We just arrived, and it's 80 degrees outside, and then it started raining. And it just coming from California, that weather just blew my mind. Yeah, the humidity really can be a bear at sometimes, but those couple of months of the year are, are easy to get by when you've got another nine months that are absolutely beautiful. That's for sure. Okay, so when people are planning to come to visit, uh, where do they fly in? Uh, and then once they fly in, like, do they rent a car, use public transportation? Like, how do they get around? Yeah, luckily, back in November of 2019, the city opened a brand new airport terminal. So we got this beautiful airport, MSY's airport code, Louis Armstrong Airport, which is just a great mid-sized airport, super brand new. Most of the big peak periods of time, of travel time, you've got live musicians performing in the airport. So that's sort of where you fly in. It's a beautiful facility. And then to get to the city, you can take sort of public transportation, a bus line, if you're really on a budget. I usually sort of say against that. If you've got more than a couple people, it's pretty cheap just to jump in an Uber or a Lyft. Usually runs you about $33 to $35 for an Uber or Lyft, about anywhere in the city. You've got the normal cabs that are there. And then there's a rental car facility on site as well. But yeah, you definitely want to fly into MSY. And then there's a lot of options to get you into the city. Okay. So if you decided to rent a car, what's the public parking situation like? I know that overall, like, you know, at least in the, in the French Quarter, they can be quite tight along Bourbon Street, things like that. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of places to park. Yeah. So usually when I have family friends coming in town or even of a friend of a friend is like, hey, let me connect you with Andrew to get some advice. I say don't rent a car. Most of the city, once you get into the city, you can get around really easy with Uber or Lyft. And then there's a streetcar. And then the public transportation, the buses are really cheap and easy to ground once you're in the city. And then for those times when you do want a car, I tell people to use Turo. It's sort of the equivalent of car sharing. It's like the Airbnb for car sharing. Mm -hmm. And then you can rent a car from a local, everything from a Honda Civic to a Mercedes or a Tesla, and then use that and rent the car for the day or two when you want to go out to the swamp boat tour or to see some plantations. No, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. When we're in town and trying to think of like where we're going to stay, are there certain neighborhoods maybe we should avoid or certain areas that maybe we go, you know, that's where I really want to be? Yep. So definitely I would avoid New Orleans East. So if you're looking on Airbnb, avoid New Orleans East. It's a little too far out and a little bit more of a troubled area in town. Okay. But then where you want to stay really just depends on your sort of personality. The French Quarter is the French Quarter. You can't really find Airbnb, short-term rental in the French Quarter. The city put a regulation on it, so you got to stay at a, a true bed and breakfast or a hotel if you want the French Quarter feel. The CBD, Central Business District, if you want a little bit more of that downtown feel, there's Airbnbs to hotels there. You know, the Garden District, I really love. You see those big plantation-style houses, the Creole cottages, a lot of architecture really cool hotels in that area. Uptown, if you want to be a little further away from the hustle and bustle 
have a little more of a quiet setting, but still be close to everything. And then some more trendy areas are the Marigny and Bywater, which are close to the river and the French Quarter. If you just Google those couple different areas, you can try to find the one that has that right fit and feel for you, whether you're coming by yourself, bachelor party, bachelorette, you know, maybe you want to be down in the quarter, the Marigny, the Bywater. If you're coming with your family and kids, maybe you look at Garden District or Uptown. Okay. Yeah, that, that's really great. Obviously, New Orleans, their, one of their nicknames is called the Big Easy. What are some of the things to do uh, while you're there? Uh, music is obviously like phenomenal there. But what else is there to do? I mean, what is there not to do? It is literally the Big Easy. There's so much fun. You know, now I'm 37. When I was in my 20s, I always thought New Orleans was for the young or the young at heart. And it truly is. But we had friends come and visit with their two-year-old daughter a couple of months ago. And we had such a great time in the family setting. I mean, if you're coming with young kids, there's so much amazing things to do. And most folks don't think New Orleans is very family friendly, but we went to City Park. We went to the Audubon Zoo. We went to the aquarium. We went to the Insectorium. We went to the Children's Museum. We took them on a streetcar. It's such a family friendly city in that regards. And then if you want to go out and have fun, I mean, get up in the morning. That's when you do your sightseeing. You go see, drive out to a plantation. You do the swamp boat tour, see some gators. You sort of take it easy, relax, maybe do a cemetery tour, come back, take a nap in the afternoon. And then you really gear up for that happy hour, the dinner, and you go out and do an architectural tour, a haunted ghost tour down in the French Quarter, and you can drink all through the night, listen to live music. I mean, it's, again, what is there not to do in New Orleans? There's just so much to do. Yeah, it sounds like no matter how long you're going to plan on staying there, you're going to run out of time to be able to do all the fun things. Yeah, and one of the really cool things in the city is the World War II Museum. It is almost always rated one of the top museums in North America, and it's actually the number one most visited place in the city of New Orleans. That's interesting. Yeah, I was just reading about that they actually just launched a hotel in association with Hilton on the property of the of the World War II Museum. Yeah, it's absolutely a beautiful space. You can do event space there. It's a great place right in the central business district if you want to stay. But I've gone to the World War I Museum in Kansas City, which is phenomenal, and then seeing the World War II Museum. I'd say no matter whether you're coming with kids or family, or it's just something you should plan to go see while you're here and learn about that part of our history. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I travel a lot with my kids. My kids are young, uh, four and eight right now when we're recording this. Anytime I get a chance when we're traveling, I always want to make sure I hit something like that that has some sort of historical significance. So that way they can kind of, yeah, I want them to have fun while we're traveling, but I also want to make sure that they're learning something as well. Absolutely. We kind of hit on a lot of different things when we were talking about the different things to do in New Orleans. A few years ago, I took a, one of the ghost tours. And uh, I guess, you know, New Orleans has kind of like a checkered past, right? With, you know, living, being in the South and all the different things that used to happen in, in history over there. There is a lot of opportunities to see ghosts and hear about all the different haunted houses. Uh, have you been on one of the haunted tours? Yep. And it's one of the things we recommend when, when folks come in town, especially the ones down in the French Quarter. Maybe don't take your kids to these ones. A lot of them will start at 7, 38 o'clock when sun sets. And one of the cool things with New Orleans is it's a open beverage city. So you can actually go meet up in the French Quarter where the Haunted Ghost Tour will start. 
and it starts near a bar, you grab a drink and you can take the drink with you while you're walking around on the tour. And then they take you and wind you through the French Quarter and you get to see, you know, a lot of them will point out the old buildings that used to be a brothel, a building that burnt down, building that is haunted and has ghosts. It's a pretty cool, fun experience. You get to hear about the history and the architectural side of everything as well, as well as the buildings that get pointed out that are haunted. Well, yeah, I don't know. I guess like the skeptic in me kind of is unsure about whether or not there's ghosts, but the way that the setting is on those ghost tours and the different things that they point out, it's kind of hard to argue. I'm not sure what side you stand on on that, but when you go on these tours, it, it can make a believer out of you. Well, there's this one restaurant, it's Muriel's down on Jackson Square in the French Quarter where they actually pour a drink for the ghost that haunts the building. I can't remember the whole story, but Essentially, when they opened the restaurant, they were having problems from the ghost, and they realized if we set a small little table and pour a drink for the ghost for the evening, he won't bother any of our guests. So it's sort of cool to always go in and see the the little table set just for the ghost that haunts the building. Interesting. I wonder if any of the liquid disappears throughout the night. Well, I don't know if it disappears from the ghost or if it disappears from people (laughs) passing by that are saying, oh, I'll just take a sip or two. Sure, sure. I know also one of the things that New Orleans is really well known for is the amazing food. Uh, my dad like really loved all the Creole food and, and gumbo when he was alive. When people come there, what are some of the places that they should really visit? I mean, there are so many. I mean, part of it is some folks know New Orleans is a food town, but they think of it as only as Cajun style. And while that's there, there are so many other amazing restaurants I mean, you have everything from amazing seafood to French restaurants to American bistros to Asian restaurants. But really digging into food that is truly New Orleans, you got to have the uh, shrimp etouffee. You got to get the po' boy. You got to go have the Cafe du Monde for the beignets. Go to Mr. B's for the barbecue shrimp. And you got to get sort of those New Orleans staples that are just absolutely amazing. I got to say, when we moved here, I went from running two to three days a week to having to run to four to five days a week (laughs) because the food is just so amazing and so rich and delicious. You just want to eat everything up. Oh, I know for sure. Like, obviously, you mentioned the Cafe du Monde. That's one of the things that New Orleans is really well known for. I made the mistake of showing up there with a black shirt one time. And for people that have not had the Cafe du Monde beignets, there are these puff pastries that are just absolutely delicious, but they have a ton of powdered sugar on them. And if you are wearing any sort of dark clothing, that powdered sugar for sure is going to get all over you. Well, you can always tell who, who's come for the first time and then who's a regular or been a couple <laughs> of times because they know how to eat just right and lean back from the table so the powdered sugar isn't falling on them. Yeah. Where all the folks that are coming the first time and just diving in, you'll see them, they'll get up and all of a sudden they start having to shake off their shirt and their pants and dust off all the powdered <laughs> sugar that's falling everywhere. Yeah. And when you bring your kids, like they will want to touch everything, but they have just like almost like white gloves on by the time they're done eating the beignet. So, <laughs> and they have great coffee too. I, I don't drink coffee, but my wife, uh, she really loves the coffee there. Yeah. The chicory coffee is really different and it's really good. It's not a coffee that I would drink every single day, but it goes so well with the beignets. Now the lines can be quite long sometimes at Cafe du Monde, but I believe so, you have a secret as far as being able to kind of skip that line. Yeah, so there's two things. One, most folks will go to Cafe Du Monde first thing in the morning. We actually love going for Cafe Du Monde for dessert after dinner. Cafe Du Monde's open essentially 24 hours. It's a great thing to do after you have dinner at a nice restaurant. You go walk around, do some sightseeing, swing by Cafe Du Monde, or say you stay out 
listening to music and you overindulge before you head home, go eat that beignet at one, two, three in the morning, and that'll help. There's definitely not as big of a line in the evening, but if you do happen to go during the day, the lines get really, really long. And what happens is there's a line on the front and then there's a line in the back. The line in the back is for beignets to go. So if you want to get, you know, a bag of beignets to go take while you're walking around, but what you can do is actually walk up to the back where the to-go line is and just pass that. And then there's only two or three people standing in line to sit at a table where on that front side, that line sometimes, you know, is 50, 80 or hundred people deep. So always walk around from the river side to the back of Cafe Dumont and you can get seated pretty quick. And that's a great tip because especially if, if you're like me, like when I used to work in the corporate world, you're generally at a lot of these locations for only maybe like a long weekend. And you don't want to spend a good portion of your time sitting in line anytime you have to. Absolutely. So, okay. Well, one of the other things I think that we talked about uh, is taking a tour of the city. But you have a cheap way of being able to accomplish being able to see the city without uh, spending a lot of money, right? Yeah. What I always, and this is another tip I give to family and friends when they're coming in town. So the streetcar costs a, a dollar twenty-five to ride. You can download the mobile transit app and get a Jazzy Pass and get a 24-hour pass for like $3.75, $4. But what's great is a lot of those cities have those hop-on, hop-off buses that are 20 30 40 bucks. What I recommend for folks is when you get up one morning, and maybe it's one of those mornings where you had too much to drink the night before and you need to take it easy, go get on the St. Charles streetcar line. It's the green streetcar. And pay your dollar twenty-five. Ride it all the way up and ride it all the way back. It'll take anywhere from an hour and 15 to an hour and 45, but it cuts through. It starts right at Canal Street where the French Quarter starts, goes through the business district, all the way through the garden district, through uptown, past Loyola, Tulane, and then turns around and comes back. So for $1.25, you get to see a huge swath of the city and grab a seat right by a window, open up the window, and you get to see the giant million-dollar mansions on St. Charles. You get to see the different styles of architecture, and especially during the spring and fall. you got this nice breeze, and you just get to really see the city, see the people. And you can do it for $1.25, where if you go spend that $20, $30, $40 a ticket per person for that hop-on, hop-off bus, it's a really nice budget way to see the city. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously it's a bus, so you can hop on if you or hop off if you want. And if you have to hop back on, then it's only another dollar twenty-five, right? Yep. Or buy that all-day Jazzy Pass for like three seventy-five or four bucks now is what it is for the twenty-four hour period. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. So I think for my last time there, I remember that there was gambling, right? Oh, it's Louisiana and it's New Orleans. There's definitely gambling. So okay. if you if you like to gamble, the Harris Casino Hotel is there. I mean, they have everything from craps, roulette, blackjack, poker, tons of stuff there. And a lot of the different bars, especially more of the dive bars, will have little vending, gambling style, single machines. They might have two or three machines near the bar area as well. So you can definitely gamble if that's your thing in New Orleans. Okay, cool. And one thing that's also kind of unique about New Orleans is that we talked a little bit about earlier about being able to walk around with your drink, but I think you can actually, like, there's drive-through places where you can actually pick up drinks while you're driving, right? Oh, yeah. You definitely got to go through the Daiquiri drive-through. So if you rent a car on Turo from a local, so you can go drive out to the plantations on your way back into town, swing through one of the drive-through Daiquiris, you can get your drink to go. 
I can't remember the exact rule is, but if you're the driver, you just can't put your straw in the cup where <laughs> your passengers can or, or not quite. But yeah, essentially you can get your giant 32 ounce daiquiri to go. And that way you've got it when you get back to your hotel or Airbnb and you have it. So yeah, New Orleans is a pretty unique place. Not too many people have drive through <laughs> liquor stores. Absolutely. No, I, I remember the slushies are just like super popular all up and down Bourbon Street. One of the ones that was always really crazy was the, they have a bunch of them. They're called Jesters, right? And uh, one of the drinks that has Everclear in it. And man, that thing will knock you for a loop. Oh, yeah. When when we used to come down before we lived here, we'd come down for a volunteer trip. So we'd out be rebuilding on a house all day and we'd have, you know, five, six of us packed into this car. We'd always go through the drive through daiquiri on the way home because, you know, you just help work really hard, long day. Yeah. And then that daiquiri at the end of the day is great to have. And yeah, some of them are really, really strong. Well, before we get into the final countdown, I have one more question for you. Like, If somebody wants to just hear incredible music, I know there's incredible music everywhere, but if you're going to be bringing friends to Bourbon Street, where would you go if you want to listen to the great music? Yeah, there's no really short answer for this. So a couple of things that I'll say. So Bourbon Street has some really good folks. Grab your open beverage and then just walk down Bourbon Street once and then turn around and come back. And as you walk down, you'll hear you know, the really old guy on the banjo and the harmonica just killing it. And then down a little further, you'll have like the classic rock. And then after that, you'll have like the cat's meow, largest karaoke bar in the world. So there's so many, it just depends on the mood and what you like outside of bourbon street. If you go way in uptown on Oak street, there's a place called the maple leaf bar. It's a live music venue, which is great. In the Garden District area is Tipitina's, where a lot of local bands will play. So if there's a show there, I would go, you know, Maple Leaf and Tipitina's. You've got to buy a ticket to get in. That's where a lot more locals will go. Okay. And then if you're in the French Quarter and you finish Bourbon Street, go over to Frenchman Street, which is right nearby. You can walk to it. Basically, Decatur Street will curve over near Frenchman. And then on Frenchman, you've got Maisons and Spotted Cat, where there's music and you just got to see who's playing. You could walk over to the Spotted Cat and be like, nah, you know, I'm not feeling this right now. And then you'll hear something coming out of Maison. Your, your foot just starts tapping and your head is shaking. You're like, all right, I'm going to go in there and have a drink and listen to some music. And then a new band comes on across the street and you're like, oh, I got to walk back over there to hear that one. So yeah, Bourbon, Frenchman Street and Oak Street and then Tipitina's in the sort of Garden District uptown area as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Because like, no matter what type of music you like, uh, depends on what the what the day is or what the night is. Your your mood may change, so it's good to have. There's a lot of different variety there that's available. Absolutely. So right on. Well, let's get into the final countdown, Andrew. So if somebody only had time for one meal in New Orleans, where should they go and what should they eat? Oh my God! I mean, this is New Orleans. I feel like you can't just have one meal. <laughs> but sort of the default budget meal, I'd say, is go to Parkway Tavern to get your po' boy. That's like an institution. They have so many different styles of po' boys that you can have. I'd say go there. If you got to do a dessert, it's Cafe Du Monde for Beignet. So I'd say the, those two. Well, like you said, there's a bunch of different types of po' boys. Do you have anyone in particular that you like? Oh yeah. At uh, Parkway, they've got this one that's like this roast beef po' boy with gravy on it. It's so messy and it's so delicious. It's probably like two or 3,000 calories for the large po' boy and it's so good. Yeah, so yeah like you said, you got to start running afterwards. Yep. <laughs> right on. Okay. Uh, you've lived there now for a few years. What's one of your most memorable stories of living in New Orleans? Oh, man. I feel like I'm, I'm saying the same thing for everything you ask. Is There's so much stuff here. You know, the one 
early on made good friends with a guy who was a member of one of the crews that puts on the parade. And he was part of the crew of Rex. So he invited myself and my wife to attend the Rex ball with him. Mm -hmm. And we had no idea how big of a deal this was until we started talking with some other friends that were meeting. And apparently the who's who goes to the Rex ball. And it's not something everyone always gets invited to. My wife loved it because she had this giant gown on. She had the white gloves all the way up her arms. All the men are in tuxedos with the tails. It was a sort of fun, special evening that not everyone really gets to have. So we're really excited to have that experience. Yeah, those type of unique experiences just last with you forever like that. They do. Now, I know that uh, New Orleans is a happy town all over the place, but where's the happiest happy hour? I'm going to say the same thing. There's so many places. I mean, it's New Orleans, so almost every bar does a happy hour. I really like Luke's in the Central Business District. They do amazing French 75s, and they're half off. They do dollar oysters during happy hour. And then the other spot that we really like is Dominica. It's this Italian restaurant, but they do their flatbread pizzas discounted and all their wine half off during happy hour as well. So it's a great place where if you don't want a big dinner, you can go to Dominica, split a pizza, have a couple glasses of wine for happy hour. It's in New Orleans, so everyone's pretty happy all the time. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's great to have great drinks and great food uh, and save a little bit of money. So well, one of the things that I always do when I travel is go eat pizza at one of the local places. Where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in New Orleans? Man, there's a lot of good pizza places. One of our favorite pizza places is Magazine Street Pizza. It's sort of right on the edge of the Central Business District and the Warehouse District. They do some really great food and really great pies. They do good pepperoni, and they have a lot of specialty pizzas that they do as well. Oh, right on. Yeah, like my wife gets tired of eating pepperoni all the time with me, and I know that a lot of people put like a lot of different types of seafood and everything on the, on the pizza, so I'm sure that there'd be some amazing concoctions down there. Absolutely. So you travel a lot just like I do. Uh, what's one of your best travel tips? You know, and this is a travel tip that I actually got from a, a guy way back in 2008. At that point, I had traveled some internationally, but it was the Caribbean and Mexico where the cruise ports stop in Europe. So very westernized. And I was getting ready to go off to Haiti, a very poor country, one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. And the advice he gave me, and this came up in conversation because I was really worried about being sick. And he goes, Andrew, just plan to be sick. You know, have your Cipro, have your Imodium, and just plan to get sick. And then when you actually do get sick, you're already prepared for it. And you'd already figured that it would probably happen at some point in the trip. And then if you don't get sick, life is great. So that was sort of the, the tip he gave me was plan to get sick. And I interpreted it as plan for that sort of unexpected if you know what might happen, you're prepared for it. When it actually does, it's not that bad. Oh, that's a great tip, uh, especially if you're traveling with your family and, and with young ones. Anytime somebody gets sick, it just can ruin the entire vacation. So preparing ahead of time uh, is, is excellent advice. Andrew, I really appreciate you being on the show and, and sharing so many different awesome tips about New Orleans. Now, uh, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and how they can reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Andrew. I live in New Orleans, obviously, as you know from this episode, but I have a big passion for travel, just like my wife. You know, we've been to over 34, 35 different countries, and we sort of fuel that passion with real estate investing. I have a site called Phi by Rhea, sort of travels my personal finance journey 
through reaching financial independence and some of those travel journeys around the world. And then in addition, got a new podcast called The House Hacking Podcast that shows folks how to reduce or eliminate their housing costs. Now, that's fantastic. Uh, real estate is a, is a great investment. I have a bunch of different rental properties myself, and I, I know it can be a wonderful way to diversify your portfolio, but also to generate a lot of passive income and, and also help people and help the community too, because a lot of times you're buying houses that are distressed, that are kind of neglected by other people, and you go in there and invest in that community and improve that value of that house, which also improves the value of all the other houses surrounding it. Yeah, absolutely. We, we might have to get you on our show to talk about real estate sometime. That'd be great. Well, Andrew, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, if somebody want to reach out to you and connect with you on social media, uh, what's the best way f- for them to do that? Yep, it's FiByrea, F-I-B-Y-R-E-I.com. That's the website and all the social media handles that are on there. So you can ping me through any of those. Awesome. Well, we're going to have all those on the show notes and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Wonderful. Thanks, Lee. Big thanks to Andrew for coming up to the show and sharing his tips about New Orleans. Show him some love by following him on Instagram at FI by REI, then commenting on a few photos. Send me a tweet at We Travel There to share your favorite thing about New Orleans, Louisiana. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash New Orleans. We want to say thank you to Clear for being today's affiliate sponsor of the show. Take advantage of our special limited time offer where you can try Clear for free for two months. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Clear to sign up today. For questions about an upcoming vacation, visit the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook for the best tips from travelers like you and me. Join us next time as we head to Kalispell, Montana, which is the entrance to the Glacier National Park. My friend Jillian Johnsrud of the Everyday Courage podcast shares her favorite hikes, where to try Huckleberry ice cream, and why you need to carry bear spray. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.